Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. It's in you that we live and we move. God, it's in you that we have our being. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful on a Wednesday night? He's just as real on a Wednesday night as he is on a Sunday morning. Amen. Oh, Tuesday even. Yeah. Even on a Tuesday. (laughs) Creatures of habit. I forgot it was Tuesday. Amen. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children to the move. And uh, Dad, you want to come and greet everybody? Preach, teach. Greetings, everybody. Glad to be here with you tonight. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, enjoy all the food and friends and family. Amen. Thank you, son. I guess I'm going to cut my teaching short tonight. What is it? I'm not really up, to, and I'm not trying to be uh, rude or, or even sarcastic, but I'm not up to date. Within the Catholic faith, there's a prayer that you could pray before you sin, right? Is it indulgence? Is that right? What is it? Oh, you, you don't do that anymore? I was going to say, because I know some of y'all about to eat on Thursday, and you need to... Oh, they, they, they don't do that one no more. All right, well, anyway, you can't, I don't know if we can repent now for the gluttony and the, uh, anyway, I was trying to be funny. It didn't work, but uh, good to have Brother Sister Wilson here. I know he is dialed in right now for the recording. Uh, I would ask him to come and give us a taste of what's, what's to come, a little sound bite. Amen. If we could turn to Psalms chapter 136. Uh, He had asked me to do a solo, but I told him I wasn't going to be able to. (laughs) That's what the crowd would have said if I would have done a solo. Psalms uh, chapter 136, and we're going to read the entire chapter together. 26 verses. Amen. 26 verses. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. Brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. 
with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts for his mercy endureth forever and made Israel to pass through the midst of it for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. I want to uh, teach tonight on the first three words and a topic that is implied throughout this 136th Psalm. Oh, give thanks. Amen. Give thanks for sound men. Makes that, that, what a difference. I feel powerful now. Oh, give thanks. Amen. For his mercy endure forever. Amen. And um, this, the original, as obviously as you can see this psalm, there's a pattern that you might have noticed developing. And the, the study behind this is this was kind of a call and recall. So the somebody would get up and say the first portion, and then the congregation would repeat back the end of that, as Sister Barry did just a moment ago, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the speaker would say the first part of it, and then they would recall for his mercy endureth forever. There was uh, one um, historical element that was brought out. This was a, a psalm that was used uh, in the midst of a circumstance uh, to, to, to call upon God to bring victory. Not after it was done to thank Him for the victory, but to call upon God to bring the victory. And the historical account was that there was a, uh, one of the early church fathers that um, the pagans had invaded in the middle of a church service, had come into where they were at. I, don't rem- I think it was Antioch, but I don't recall. And they had actually b- broken in, and right in the middle of that service, they were persecuting the saints, and they began in the middle of that persecution... They, they, be, they entered into this 136th Psalm where the, uh, that church, early church leader began to recite and the congregation, in the middle of them being persecuted, would respond back for his mercy endured forever. Now, we're not going to hopefully have to reenact that tonight. But aren't you thankful that his mercy endures forever? Amen. I, if you could, if you have a pen, I, I think that we can kind of, uh, I, I used kind of brackets in my Bible. I took the first, um, let's see, four verses, I think. And so one through four would kind of be one section. Then uh, down five through nine would be a a second section. And then uh, 10 through 16 would be a third section. And then the the final, so this psalm you can kind of break into four different sessions or segments. 
We're going we're gonna to do that as we study a little bit tonight. But I, first of all, I want to look at this, this first phrase, Oh, give thanks, from a semantic point of view. In its original Hebrew form, this entire phrase, the call to give thanks, was just one word, and that was the Hebrew word, yada, which means to express praise. In, in its translation into English, the translator placed the word O oh, in front of giving thanks in, 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 a, in a, uh, a call to communicate elevated urgency. All right, So in, in its normal Hebrew sense, it's just the word yada, but as they translated it, they wanted it to be more than just give thanks because the, the word O oh, in front of it brought a sense of elevated urgency. That they wanted, it wasn't just a call to give thanks, it was a, it was a, uh, there was an, an a, uh, essentiality to it. There was an urgency um, um, that, that they were trying to communicate. It would be the, in, maybe if you were to text somebody in all caps, right? Kind of yelling at them, I think, is what would be communicated there. But that's what the writer is doing here. It's wanting to bring our attention that it's important that we give thanks unto the Lord. Amen? Not just at Thanksgiving when Tom Turkey is on the table. Amen? No offense, Brother Peoples. Um, amen? That's not the only time that we should give thanks to the Lord when there's cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes and, and whatever your flavor is, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie or whatever else is on the table. That's not the only time that we need to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen? The writer is communicating Throughout this 136th psalm, the psalm, the psalmist there is communicating. He is pleading with, with the audience, give thanks unto the Lord. Right? And the first three verses, he, he states it to begin each verse. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Verse 2, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Verse 3, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And then, he doesn't just drop off from that, but then it begins to be implied. Right? In verse 4, he says to him. Well, what goes in front of that? Oh, give thanks to him. So now we move to the point where, oh, give thanks to the Lord is, is implied. Verse four, verse 5, rather, to him. Again, oh, give thanks is implied. Verse 6, it's implied. Verse 7, it's implied. Verse 11, it's implied. Verse 13, verse 16, verse 17. Each of these, the writer begins by saying to the Lord or for some reason, but it's implied that we're still giving thanks Unto the Lord. Then we get to verse 23, and there's even another transition where instead of saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, now it's just implied that we will do that to the one who remembers us in our lowest state. And then verse 25, who giveth food to all flesh. The point being that it seems that the longer this 136th Psalm goes on, the less emphasis is placed upon giving thanks unto the Lord. In the first three verses, there is the emphatic, oh, give thanks to the Lord. And then we begin to, it's implied and even greater as the psalm goes on, that, that passionate plea to give thanks to the Lord seemingly begins to kind of diminish. Uh, while the call to give thanks is explicitly called out three times, it's implied many more times, but the why we give thanks is repeated 26 times, each, each time in every verse, it's repeated. Why do we give thanks to the Lord? Because His mercy endures forever. Amen. So why is it that it seems as the psalm goes on, the first three verses, it's an emphatic, oh, give thanks to the Lord. And then we begin to seemingly diminish as we go on that the writer is kind of just taking it for granted 
Or maybe taking it that maybe he just says, you know, the audience gets it by now that we need to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. That's the what. Everybody say, that's the what. Giving thanks unto the Lord is the what. Why is because his mercy endures forever. And I believe that the reason that the writer diminishes and, and not every verse he starts off with, oh, give thanks to the Lord, is because if you, if you never forget why, then you will never forget the what. If you never forget that his mercy endures forever, you will not forget to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. You're not going to have to be reminded over and over and over again to give thanks unto the Lord if you remember over and over and over again that his mercy endures forever. Amen. The psalmist says, you know what? I don't have to remind them over and over to give thanks if I can just keep reminding them to don't forget that the mercy of the Lord endures forever. Amen. You will never forget to give thanks. You will never withhold the expression of praise as long as you remember that his mercy endures forever. I believe that praise is nothing more than the fact that we remember God's mercy. Amen. What, What happens to the saint that's been around for a while and they no longer give God praise? Easy. They've forgotten God's mercy. They forgot where God brought them from. What happens to the saint that they get into a season that the enemy silences their worship and silences their praise and they no longer express thanksgiving unto God? What happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. The enemy brought them to a place where they forgot where God brought them from. They forgot the mercies of the Lord. And so as I began to meditate on this passage throughout last week and into this week, uh, I started to wonder what is the opposite of giving thanks? Just on a simple, you know, no Hebrew, no commentary, just me pondering. What is, what is the opposite of giving thanks? The writer says, oh, give thanks. What is the opposite of that? Is it complaining? Is it taking, taking God for granted? Is it entitlement? Is it murmuring and complaint? What, what is the opposite? And I, I would say that just on a very simple level, the opposite of giving thanks is withholding thanks. If it, right, The opposite of giving thanks is that I'm going to hold on to thanks. I'm not going to give God what belongs to him. And so what are some of the reasons that we might withhold thanks? What are some of the things, what are some of the reasons that instead of giving God thanks, instead of expressing our praise unto God, what are some of the reasons that we might refrain from an expression of praise? And I, I just want to share three reasons tonight. I'm not going to keep you here long. But I think that the first reason that that might be a valid reason why we might withhold thanks, at least within the context of this 136th Psalm, is that somebody could say, well, I never experienced his mercy. Right? That, that would be a valid reason. If the writer is saying, give thanks because God's mercy is, endures forever, then I would say, then if you've never experienced God's mercy, then perhaps you have a valid reason not to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. If, if the writer concludes that the reason that we give thanks to the Lord is because his mercy endures forever, then somebody that has never experienced his mercy would be exonerated from the expectation of giving God thanks. But here's the fact. The audience that the psalmist is addressing are not a people that are not aware of the goodness of God. It's not people that, that the information he is sharing with them is somehow revelation. None of, if we read through the 136th Psalm, nothing that the psalmist shares with them 
It's not the first time they've heard it. It's not revelation to them. Amen. Rather, it is a reminder to them. Amen. They already know that God is worthy of praise. This is not an audience that has not experienced the mercy of God. They already know that praise belongs to God. Amen. It's not to convince them that God is worthy of their praise, but rather to remind them that they have an, an obligation and a duty to express their praise unto God. Amen. It's, it's not a question of mercy. Amen. Rather, it's a question of memory. Amen. Tonight, I, I don't talk to an audience. There's nobody here tonight that hasn't experienced the mercy of God. If, if you think you're exonerated, the fact you're in the house of God tonight is testimony of the mercy of God at work in your life. Somebody brought you into the house of God. Somebody put you in a place where you can hear the word of God spoke. There's nobody here tonight that could, that could stand here and say, I've never experienced God's mercy. Therefore, I don't have an obligation, amen, to, to give thanks unto the Lord. I don't have an obligation to express my praise unto God, amen, because everybody in here tonight has tasted of the mercy of the Lord. Here's where we get into kind of breaking this down into segments. The, first, the second segment, so the first segment is his call, uh, him, him calling, uh, the, the plea of the psalmist, if you would, that calls us to give thanks. That's how I titled in my Bible. The first four verses are the psalmist pleading with the audience to give thanks unto the Lord. The second segment is where I want to kind of begin. Uh, he takes... He takes the audience all the way back to creation. Amen. He starts bringing out the mercy of the Lord all the way back in creation. He goes in verse 5. He says, by wisdom he made all the heavens. He stretched out the earth above the waters. He made the great lights. He made the sun to rule the day and the moon and the stars to rule the night. Amen. So he starts, one of the reasons, the, 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 the foundation of why we have an obligation to give praise in the Lord, to give thanks in the Lord, goes all the way back into creation. Amen. It goes all the way back to whereby the wisdom of God, he made the heavens and he stretched out the earth above the waters. He made the lights, the sun to rule the day, the moon and the stars to rule the night. So the first segment there of why we need to give thanks unto God is all, starts all the way back in creation. Then in verse 10, he takes them back to when God delivered them out of, out of Egypt, when, when God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, right? He goes down the line. He smote the firstborn of Egypt. He brought Israel out of Egypt. He divided the Red Sea. He made Israel to pass through the midst of it. He overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. He led them through the wilderness. So that second phrase there, the first uh, segment was dealing with creation. The second segment is dealing with salvation, and then we enter into the final segment, verse 17. He takes them to possession. He says, he smote the great kings. He slew famous kings. He defeated Sihon and Og, who were kings over in seemingly invincible nations. And then he says, he gave us their land for our inheritance. He goes on and says, he redeemed us. And he made sure that there was flesh for every animal, to, for everyone to eat. He provided for us. All of these things. So, we have three different areas that the psalmist is saying, here's why we need to give thanks. Here's where we see the mercy of God. We see it in creation. We see it in salvation. Amen. And we see it in possession. Amen. And much like the audience that the psalmist is addressing, I'm not addressing people tonight that have not experienced the mercy of God. 
Amen. There's nobody in here tonight that can say, you know what, Pastor? The reason I don't praise God on Sunday is because God's never been merciful to me. I've never experienced the mercy of God. No, I would say I've got three arguments from the psalmist tonight why God deserves your praise, why God deserves thanksgiving. Amen. It was in creation. Amen. It was in salvation. And aren't you glad tonight that God is giving you promises to possess? Can anybody look back in your life and, and, and see key moments where God was merciful? I mean, I mean, not just, I'm not talking, you know, just religious rhetoric. I'm, I mean, real situations that you can look back at seasons in your life that God was merciful. Any, anybody here that God said no to a prayer request you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed about and God said no and in the moment you were mad at God? And now you look back years later and you say, that was God's mercy. If he would have given me what I wanted, it would have destroyed me. Anybody else in the building today? God's, you know what that is? That's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, look, you need to look back over your history. You need to remember it was God who stood over the expanse of chaos and said, let there be light. Amen. It was God who brought you out of Egypt. It was God who brought down Sihon and all. And when you begin to look back over, the, here's the, the reason that we stop giving God thanks and the reason that we stop praising God is because we stop looking back over our life and remembering all the good things that God has done. Amen. Creation. Do you remember those moments when God did a creative work in your life? When God placed within you new desires? If you can't say yes to that, you need to come to the altar and don't leave because God wants to, he wants to give you new desires. The Bible tells us one of the things he's going to do is take out that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Amen. That he's going to write his law upon our heart. How many of you can testify that God has given you new desires. You don't desire. What is that? That's the creative work of God. That's the mercy of God at work in you because you couldn't have done that on your own. You couldn't take those old desires out and put new desires. And when we remember, when we look back and see, you know what, I'm not the same person I used to be, but God did something creative in my life, that is what brings us to a place of thanksgiving. I don't need to be reminded to give God thanks every day. I just need to remember where he brought me from. I just need to remember that he produced, amen, he created something new in my life. Anybody, he placed a new mind within you. You don't think the way you used to think. That's not just rhetoric. That's not just something we put in, in a lyric so it sounds good in a praise song on Sunday. That's real. God changed the way that we think. Amen, he, not only that, he put his name upon you. Amen. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm not who, that's the creative work of God. And when we look back over our lives and we recognize I'm not the person that I used to be, that should produce thanksgiving. That should produce an expression of praise. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Anybody tonight that God has done a new work in your life? In creation, when we look back over our lives and we consider all of the new things. Look around you right now. Whether, whether you like that person you're looking at right now or not, you need them. Amen. We're part of the body of Christ. You know what these are? These are new relationships. Amen. 10, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't know the people in these room, in this room. I think Sunday I told, told everybody that we're going to uh, drink donuts and eat coffee. After I said it, I thought something didn't sound right there. 
I just kept on flowing. Somebody later said, Pastor, did you catch yourself? When, anyway. Amen. New. All of this, these are new things. These, everyone in this building, you are, you are a creative work of God in my life. God added you to my life, and I thank God for that. Amen. I thank God for the body of Christ. Salvation is the next area. Amen. He, he takes Israel from creation to salvation. He says, all right, first of all, remember what he did in creation, but now don't forget when you were dead in Egypt. Don't forget when you were slaves in Egypt that God reached down and delivered you. Amen. Can anybody remember the, salva- the saving work of God where he reached down when you were dead in your trespasses and sin and Jesus brought you out of that? I don't need somebody to wake me up every day and say, give thanks in the Lord. I just have to think back to where he brought me from. I don't need a billboard to flash across the sky to say, give thanks to the Lord. I just have to think back to the salvation that he has worked in my life because you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Listen, that you should yada, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of Egypt, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. People who don't give thanks unto the Lord, people who can't express prayer, are people who forgot what Egypt was like. They forgot where God brought them from, what he delivered them from. And thirdly, he takes them to inherited promise, to possession. Amen. He's saying, look, we live in houses that we didn't build. Amen. We, we, we harvest crops that we didn't plant. Amen. He gave us the Sihon and Og, kings over nations that were invincible and undefeatable. But God, not only did he bring down Sihon and Og, but then we inherited their land. Amen. That, that ought to produce thanksgiving in us. Because I'm preaching to folks who have jobs right now that your resume says otherwise. If we looked at your resume, we'd say, how in the world did you get the job that you have? I'm going to tell you how. Because I've got a God that, that gave me Sihon and Og. I've got a God who's been good to me. Amen. That's why I'm going to express praise is because God is helping me to possess the land. Amen. You've received promotions that you didn't deserve. That ought to produce thanksgiving in you. God's been good to me. That's why the writer starts off and says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. Please don't tell me you've never experienced his mercy. Don't tell me you've never experienced his unfailing. We have a responsibility tonight. We have more than that. We have an opportunity tonight to give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. In creation, he is good. In salvation, he is good. And in possession, he is good. Everybody in this building, God's been good to you. He's given you a new heart. Amen. He's given you new desires. He brought you out of Egypt. Amen. And he's bringing you into a promised land. We have a right tonight to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. A second reason that we might feel that we could withhold thanks is entitlement. Amen? Another reason that we might withhold thanks is because we feel entitled. We admit that good things have happened. Right? I admit, yeah, I've got, I've got a job. I've got a great job. I've, yeah, I've, I drive a nice car. i got a nice house. I almost said I drive a nice house. That would have doubled down on the donuts and coffee thing. But entitlement is, well, I deserve that house. 
right? Or, well, yeah, I drive a nice car because I went four years to college and I, I work, I get up and go to work every day. Thank God that you do that. But, but praise, results, uh, praise is a result of you understanding that, that that house you live in and that car that you drive, God's the one that gave you the strength to get out of bed every morning. God's the one to give you that mind so you can go to work every morning. Amen. So we don't take credit for it ourselves. We turn it back into praise unto God. Entitlement says I've got what I've got because of that diploma on my wall. I've got what, I've, what I have now because I have exerted self-control. I got out of bed every morning at 5 o'clock and and I, I discipline myself to get what I, we, we lead ourselves to believe that, that the things that we have achieved in this life are the result of our willpower. Well, I, I've managed my money well. That's why I've got what I've got. I made good choices and I made great decisions. And, and that's the reason that I'm living victoriously right now. But here's the result of that. Entitled people do not give thanks. They withhold it. Why? Because I... Why should I give thanks? I'm the one that's responsible for that. There's no need to express praise. After all, I'm the one that's responsible. But the writer demolishes the entitlement mindset when he says in verse 4, to him alone who doeth great wonders. It ain't your diploma on the wall. Amen. It's not all the, the mornings you got out of bed early. It's not your will control, your willpower. It's not your self-control. It's to him alone who doeth great wonders. It's God alone. I wonder tonight, every good, every good and perfect gift cometh from the Father above. Every good thing in my life, Lord, is because of you. Verse 5, he says to him that by wisdom made the heavens. And man, it's not my diploma. It's not my, it doesn't mean you shouldn't educate yourself. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get out of bed and discipline yourself and exert willpower. But don't withhold thanks for that. Don't withhold praise and act like you've got it all together. Don't act like you're the one that's made a way out of no way in your life to him alone who does great wonders. Verse 23, he goes on to destroy this entitlement mindset when he said, don't forget he's the one who remembered us when in our lowest state. Right? He's the one who remembered us when we were enslaved back in Egypt. He remembered us when we were nobody's going nowhere. Amen. He remembered us when we didn't have any willpower and we didn't have any self-control and we were battling addictions. Amen. Amen. Our lives were spiraling out of control, but God remembered us way back then. How can I afford to withhold thanksgiving? How can I afford to withhold thanks and not express praise? Amen. Because he remembered me when I was in my lowest state. When nobody else wanted anything to do with me, he rescued me. When nobody else would, would want anything to do with me, he brought me out. Amen. He touched me. And when you realize that it's he alone that does great wonders, and by his wisdom he created the heavens and the earth, when you recall that he remembered you in your lowest state. You see, it's just human nature. After a while we forget. Right, we get kind of this nostalgic lens over our past. We, you know, we, we pretty it up, and nowadays they got Instagram filters. We put filters on our past. I wasn't that bad of a guy. We forget where we were. We forget how close we were to destruction. We forget the path that we were on. We forget the people that we were. We forget all. We, we put a nostalgic lens on it. That's what happened to the children of Israel. 
time and time again, right? God has brought them out, and in the middle of God delivering them, what are they saying? Oh, that we could go back to Egypt. It wasn't so bad back there. It wasn't so bad. At least we had, amen, uh, there was food in the flesh pots when we were in Egypt. We had leeks and onions back. You know, that's, that's the work of the enemy to, to put a nostalgic lens over your past. You need, sometimes you need to let, let your past be raw again. Amen. You need, you need to look at your past and remember just how bad it was so that that will, wake, that will awaken thanksgiving in you because, God, you didn't just do a, a good work for a good person. You rescued me in my lowest state. Amen. And the result is we give thanks. I'm not, I'm not holding on to any of this thanks. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I can't afford to hold on to this praise. I can't afford to not express praise. I've got to give praise unto God because he remembered me in my lowest state. Amen. The final reason that we might withhold thanks and not express our praise is just simply that it's not a priority. A third reason that we would withhold thanks and refuse to exercise and express praise is because it's simply not the priority in our lives. We have other things going on that are a greater priority. We have other relationships that need our attention. We have other pursuits that demand our time. We have other opportunities that need our energy. Can I tell you, this is, in essence, the sin of Esau. Proverbs chapter 6 lists seven things that God hates. Revelation 2 tells us that God hates the way of the Nicolaitans. But there's only one person in the Bible that God comes out and says he hates. Only one person by name that God says, I hate. And that was Esau. What was it about Esau that God hated? Because Giving God thanks, amen, expressing praise was not a priority. Eternal things were not a priority in Esau's life. Esau, in essence, Esau sold an eternal inheritance for a temporary blessing. Amen, that was the, that's what caused God to look at Esau above all the other scumbags and sinners in Scripture. God picked out Esau and says, above everybody else, I hate Esau. Why? Because Esau hated the eternal. Amen, because he fell in love with the temporary. Amen, and that robs so many saints today of thanksgiving unto God is because we, we don't have our priorities right instead of putting our priorities on eternal things we put our priorities on temporary things we give all our energy to our jobs some of you can't stay awake in church at night because you work so hard all day I'm not saying you shouldn't work but why does God get your leftovers Esau well I don't have time to come to church on Wednesday pastor I've got other things going Esau Pastor, I I just can't be there for that. I've got this over here going, Esau. That is the sin of Esau. Can I tell you that the sin of Esau is prevalent in the modern church? In fact, I would tell you that the sin of Esau rules the day in the modern church. Amen. There are people that can't be here tonight because they had a chance to make an extra $100 by working overtime. Amen. People that won't be here on Sunday because there's a ball game being played. What is that? Well, we can dress it up and make it look pretty if we want to. But at the end of the day, it's nothing more than the sin of Esau. Amen. But I want to put my priority on things eternal. God's not getting my leftovers. He's getting my first. 
Amen. He's not, I don't want a bowl of soup. I want heaven. I, want, I don't want a bowl of pottage. I want heaven. I don't want the things of this world. I want heaven. And we withhold giving thanks unto God because we look at this life through the lens of, of the temporary. We don't look through the lens that we'd make our decisions, not through the lens of eternity, but we look at it through the lens of the temporary. What can I do? What can I get a hold of that's going to satisfy me? What, what, can, I, what can I do? What kind of car can I drive? What, what kind of house can I upgrade to? And there's nothing wrong with those things until those become the lens through which you make your decisions in life. Can I tell you, we need to back up. We need to back up and say, you know what, first and foremost, amen, how is this going to impact my eternity? First and foremost, what does God think about this? First and foremost, is this pleasing unto God? First and foremost, is this leading? me into things that are pleasing unto God or leading me away from that. Amen. I want to make my decisions through the lens of the eternal. Withholding, giving thanks because we've forgotten his mercy is a memory issue. Withholding, giving thanks because we think we deserve it is a perception issue. But withholding giving thanks because it's not a priority is an eternity issue. Amen? But his mercy is everlasting. Amen. His mercy, the mercy, here's the thing about the mercy of the Lord. The psalmist says we've got to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy is, what does that mean? It means in eternity his mercy is going to, there's a lot of, and ain't nothing else you're taking with you into eternity. That nice car that you're missing church to buy ain't going with you. Amen. That that night house, that nice house that you're hoping to upgrade, and so you can't make it to church, so you can work them extra hours to get that nice house. That house ain't going with you into eternity. In fact, if you play your cards right, there's a mansion waiting for you over there. But when I wake up on the other side of time and enter into eternity, there's one thing that I have a promise of the word of God is going to be waiting for me, and that is the mercy of the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Amen. That car ain't going to last forever, but his mercy is going to be waiting on me. And when they open up that book, amen, and they begin to read, amen, the, 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 the book of, uh, of life, amen, I'm thankful that his mercy is going to be blotting out my sin. I'm thankful that his mercy is is going to be covering my track. So you ought to give thanks unto the Lord because his mercy endureth. Come on, there's some things in this world I'm not going to do. Why? Because I need to spend eternity with his mercy. There's some places I'm not going to go. Why? Because I need to spend eternity with his mercy. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. I, I hope you enjoy Thursday with your families. I mean that. I, I put great value in family. I think you, ought to, you, you need to enjoy your time with your family. I hope you enjoy your food. Save me a plate. But every day, the psalmist didn't just stop saying, oh, give thanks, because it wasn't important any longer. He just said, no, I know if you'll just keep remembering his mercy, you're not going to stop giving thanks to the Lord. So this Thanksgiving, I know it's a holiday nationally and food and all the other things, even football, I guess. There's some sorry teams playing Thursday, but whatever. Sorry, Brother Jones, I had to take a shot while I had it. 
but His mercy. The reason I'm going to give thanks, not just on Thursday, but every day of my life, is because when I look back over my life and I see His hand in creation, He created new things in me. Hallelujah. I see His hand in salvation. He delivered me out. Uh, Hallelujah. I see His hand in possession. He's given me new and better promises. Uh, Hallelujah. God, I pray that today, Lord, as we lift our hands and we give thanks to the Lord, God, that I would not withhold praise, uh, that I would not withhold thanksgiving. Uh, Hallelujah. Because I remember your mercy, oh God, and I'm so grateful tonight for I have the promise that the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah, God, that I pray this congregation that is gathered here on a Tuesday night in 2022, one of these days we're going to stand together around that throne and the everlasting mercy of God is going to be there among us. Hallelujah, and a merciful God who reached down and rescued sinners. And we're going to stand around that throne and we're going to sing, Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah, holy is the Lord. Yes, God, and your mercy is going to be with us just as it is tonight. Yes, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Oh, I wonder if we could just do what the psalmist said, and let's give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Come on, somebody remember. I want you to remember. I want you to look back at those moments where God brought you out. I want you to think back over your life right now, those key moments. Brother Jesus, Sister Alma, we talked about it in my office a moment ago. Just a a few weeks ago, we saw the mercy of God show up in that courtroom. Don't ever forget that because that's what's going to keep you giving thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder just for a moment, could we just meditate on the mercy of God? Not any hype, just right now. I've got moments that I can look back in my life where I was on the threshold of destruction. I was headed in a wrong path. I was going the wrong way. And Jesus reached down and rescued me. I I can look back at key moments in my life where God brought relationships, new things into my life that catapulted me into blessings that I don't deserve. Hallelujah. Come on, think back. You've got your own stories. I've got mine, but you've got yours as well. That's where real Thanksgiving comes from. It's not a holiday. It's not a federal holiday. It's, It's a condition of the heart. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you, Jesus. God, I've got so much to be thankful for, Lord. I don't want to withhold my thanks. God, I don't want to refrain from expressing praise unto you. But God, that word yada also implies throwing. It's, it, it, that, that word actually is an action that means to throw. And God, I want to throw praise at you tonight. I want to throw thanks at you tonight. God, it doesn't belong to me. Lord, it's not because of any good deed that I have done, God. It's not because of, God, my ability to figure things out. But Lord, it's you that has been good unto me. And so I throw my praise at you right now Lord I throw my thanks unto you because you've been good to me hallelujah hallelujah can we lift our hands right now and give him praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus what are you playing Maddie what is it it. Maddie's going to sing it for us for my rescue help me praise team
somebody nearby you take them by the hand I want you to thank God for that person that person that you're holding their hand amen thank you God for this friendship this relationship thank God for this brother this sister this member of the body of Christ we can't make it to heaven without one another we need each other God made us a part of his body thank you Lord Thank you, Lord, for one another. Thank you for the church. Come on, somebody, as you pray with that person, I want you to thank God for some new things. Thank Him for His creative work. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for some things that you've added to me. Come on, Brad, in the last year, man, God added a wife to you. That's awesome. God's doing some new things in Living Hope. Come on, we've got, we've got new people that are coming to this church. Thank God for the new things that He's doing. That's it. Thank you for the salvation. God, thank you for the things that you rescued me from. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You lift for my rescue to face the darkness, to defeat it for me. You lift heaven for my rescue to face the darkness, Defeated death for me. You left heaven for my rescue. To face the darkness. Defeated death for me. You left heaven for my rescue. To face the darkness. Defeated death for me. My son asked me if I wanted to close this out. You ever sit before God and he did everything but tell the people who he was really talking to? About I don't know, I've been battling some depression about 3.24 this morning I woke up just couldn't sleep I know the answer I know the answer is the word so I got my Bible and I went out in the kitchen so I didn't disturb my wife. 
I said, I don't even know where to start. Kind of crazy, huh? After all these years. But, so I flipped my Bible open. Psalms 136. He said, read it. Read it out loud. kind of had an attitude <laughs> like, so I read it but I really wasn't reading it with meaning I wasn't even looking for any meaning I had forgotten I'd forgotten where he brought me from kind of had a bit of an entitlement spirit and so uh, all day long my poor wife she's been going through hell the last week <laughs> I've been making her miserable because I've been miserable. So uh, she decided she was going to go on up the road and start fixing Thanksgiving dinner. And I said, well, maybe I'll go to church. Sounds, sounds crazy, don't it? I lived my whole life. I owe you everything. I was that low estate. And I get here, and my favorite preacher is preaching. I was excited. I thought I could receive anything from that preacher. But when he started reading his text, I thought for sure the spotlight was on me. <laughs> and everybody in here was looking at me. Yeah. It's your time. <laughs> I'm going to give to you what you've been given to others. <laughs> but I knew, you know, I've been doing this a while. I knew it was God talking to me. But he sure enough let me know that I'm not the only one that's in this room tonight that kind of for, has forgotten. I have so much and I don't really deserve any of it. That's not just words. He was talking about jobs. I've had the greatest opportunity in the world in so many venues to tell people how great Jesus is. And then I get into a pity party and I forget. And I thank God tonight in front of you all for, for God not just letting it slide 
because the truth is, I know this, how you receive from God is with a heart of thanksgiving. If you lose your heart of thanksgiving, you can't be healed. You can't, I don't, I'm not even sure you can be saved. So, yeah. I was thinking, some of you, most of you wouldn't know this, but many years ago there was a midweek service where a lady came with her little girls. And it was the most incredible midweek service that I was a part of. Because that lady, it was like she knew the next day she was going to die. And she came to the front with her little girls. And she said to my wife and I, I want to thank you for getting us ready for heaven. And the next day, she and her three little girls were all killed. And sometimes, God puts us in positions that we can help people on this journey. And then we just take it for granted like it really wasn't a miracle at all. When in reality, last night at 324 in the morning, God was really trying to talk to me. But I had forgotten to be thankful. So it was really hard for me to receive from God until the, my favorite preacher in all the world. And I'm like looking at him. I'm trying to get him to look at me. He didn't even look at me. I said, God, you even told him. But I just... You know, I thank God for his presence. I do. I thank God that he had mercy on me. I truly was the one that he was talking to when he said, you've forgotten where he brought you from. So that's all. I'm just like confession. It's the, y'all had to listen to me. But I, I'll say this. I don't think we ever get too big. Nor are we ever too important in this world to step up to people and to open our hearts up. We all need to remember where he found us and what he has done in our life. And true thanksgiving is more than, yes, like he said, Thursday, I guess America will, whatever, they'll eat turkey anyway or something, and they'll call it Thanksgiving when really America has forgotten where God has brought us from. So um, I'm going to close it. You want, you want it back? I'll you, want, you want it back? I'm glad, but you don't want it back. <laughs> How many of you ever had a father who spanked you? My father, that was back in another era of time. When we heard that belt coming off, we knew what it meant. 
But I'm telling you, tonight when the preacher was preaching, God had taken off his belt and was just giving me a good thrashing. <laughs> but I thank God he can still do it. I thank God he can still correct me. Why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, Lord, we are, we're so thankful. So thankful you don't give up on us. You don't turn away from us. And Lord, what, what a way that you bring us into your house, into your presence, and you speak to us. You speak right to us. And you correct us. I thank you, Lord. I thank you tonight for correction. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. Have a happy Christmas. No, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How about Happy Thanksgiving? <laughs> Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.